Hello and welcome to 2023. Happy New Year, everybody who listens. Obviously, you Stoke fans and your loyal supporters who love my sultry tones. And we've got Angela. Hiya, Angela. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. I, my dulcet tones are in fine fettle and I hope you all had a lovely New Year's Eve. And we move into 2023 looking forward to a high of football goals from Stoke. Well, you clearly aren't watching us at the moment, are you, Ange? But how do you have a good Christmas? I knew we were supposed to catch up and I was supposed to wish everybody a happy new year, but, you know, things happened. And, of course, the game yesterday, we had to postpone it and move it to today. So, how was your Christmas? Did you enjoy it? Did you have plenty of mince pies and turkey? You know, I didn't have any mince pies at all, uh, which reminds me we've got some in the box, which we'll now have to demolish to break the New Year's resolution on day one, less than, what, 13 hours in? We had a lovely Christmas, thank you, only spoiled by the football. Well, that's it. I mean, I didn't have any mince... Oh, I did have a mince pie, sorry. I managed to find a protein one online. It was eight quid and it was awful. I will be honest, it was awful, and half of it went in the bin. So what a waste of money that was. But other than that, want to help, Vicky? Um, I'm training, aren't I? I'm, I'm, it's not a new year's evolution. I've been doing it now for a year and a bit, and I'm trying to get... What are you training for, Ian? I'm just training to get muscly. That's that's the aim of the game. At the moment, I'm still right. chunky, because I don't like cardio. Cardio is horrible. But other than I that... Just wondered, I just wondered if you were trying to uh, take Phil Jagielka's place. Well, I'd probably be quicker, as I'm younger than him. So, <laughs> it would be a nice moment. But Christmas was good, again, apart from the football. Now, predictions, yeah. none of us got a right again, so I'm still winning 2-0. I so think I'll take I that. did. No, no, Ange, you said you were... You and were... you do remember that I won the World Cup one, which Yeah, you've won the World Cup one. You should be very proud of that because ones. you can hold that for four years, but you're, you're yeah, still yeah. losing. I won last year as well, the predictions. I won 2-1 out of a 46 game. Well, is it 2-1 for me? <laughs> No, no, it's in two one. You've won the World Cup predictions. Well done. But I'm still winning the All predictions. Right, well, the gritty, the rough, the hard stuff. Let's get on with this. Right, so we went out against Rotherham, which a game I predicted we'd win two one. How wrong was I? It was close. I said we'd draw two each. You said you'd draw one one, as I remember. You remember to write these down, Anne, so you can you can try and we do it. We should have won though, Ian. We, we should have won. Well, I mean, we sh- you know, the days of, of, of being delighted to get a point at Rotherham are a bit depressing. Well, I mean, it's it's the position we're in at the moment, isn't it? I mean, to be honest, I thought we played well. I mean, possession, well, we didn't play well, but you know what I mean. We Possession-wise, we did all right. We had 59, they had 41. Shots, we had 12. And five of them were on target, to be fair, compared to... Rotherham who had five shots and only one of those were on target. Corners were free free and the fouls were level each at sixteen sixteen. So it shows that we are we're commanding the ball when we're passing it sideways, but when it comes down to dangerous passes of the ball, it's just not there, is it? The, the clear indication to me is that Lewis Baker's forgot how to play football and the rest of the midfield just aren't there. And we're going to talk about this not long after. I mean, it's going to be a happy new year for everybody as we're going to just moan about Stoke. But that's how it is for us, Stoke, because we love a good moan, don't we, Ange? Especially when we're drawing 2-2 with Rotherham, that really we should be beating for a club that's had 10 years in the Premier League and has a budget of, I think, three times more than them. We should be doing better, shouldn't we? Well, we should be doing better, but also, if, if you look at it in context of how Rotherham had done before and how they did the next match, I think Huddersfield battered them the next match. Yet we're rejoicing in coming back yet again from a goal down. I mean, Rotherham have had, what, two shots against us this season and scored three goals? We should have put the game to bed in the first half. They should have had ten men. Uh, but as normal, you know, the ref thinks, oh, well, it's Stoke, so we won't give a deliberate elbow in the face as a sending off. My my concern is that we can keep saying that he hasn't got the players, but with the players he's got, they should be clinical enough to win some of these matches. I, I, I thought it was, we were all over them in the first half, and then they score with their very first attack in off Thompson, and then at the end we're relieved to get a draw. And to me, it's just a very sad well, it just proves where we are at the moment. As I said at the start, if you're happy to get a draw at Rotherham, who are going to struggle to stay up, then 
your ambitions aren't brilliant. Well, I mean, it was it was a strange game, wasn't it, where two own goals were prevalent as both teams looked like, you know, they could be playing till today, New Year's Day, and still not score goals. I mean, yeah. Campbell took his chance well. For me, I thought he took it quite well. But so did theirs. Washington, a player I've never heard of, to be honest. Apparently, he's, he's a Newport County legend, which shows what we're coming up against now. We'll quickly now go through the player ratings. I don't really want to do it, but we'll go through it quite quickly. Bottom and goal. Six. Uh, I'll go five. Suti. Suti had a decent game. I'll give him a seven. I'll give him a five. Stupid yellow card as well. Phil Jagielke. Five. Two. No, I'm not. I'm joking. Why are you giving him two? No, I'm giving him a four. <laughs> I'm, angry. I'm not angry. I'm not happy, Ange. It's Rotherham. So I'm going to be really harsh this time and start the year positively. Fox. Thought Fox did okay, six. Five. Right. Brown on the right wing. Don't like him there. But he did everything he had to do. He tried his hardest, six. Five. This working hard and doing everything he had to do is starting to do my head in now. So, oh, Baker. Here we go. What a player. What a leader. Yeah, I think Lewis Baker's lost his way a little bit, but also I think that he was poor. Five. Two. Thompson? I thought he was our best player. Eight. I'll give him a seven. He was brilliant, actually, to be fair, Thompson. I've changed my mind on him as a midfielder. I think in the middle he pulls the strings. I thought he was brilliant. Man of the match. Smallbone? Gosh, uh, I'm up in the air about Smallbone. He has a good ten minutes and a bad ten minutes. Six. Three. Timon on the left wing again. I don't think Simon's played. Timon's played very well, to be honest. Six. Four. Delap. Find Delap very frustrating. Six. Five for Delap for me and Campbell. Well, he scored, didn't he? Yeah. Most of his efforts were easy saves. Six. I mean, he's getting a six. He took his chance well. That's about as far as it goes. Substitute Powell and Clark. Six. I'll give six. Well, I'll, I'll give four, five, sorry, to Powell and Clock. Uh, six. There we go, F- quick fire. How do you feel, New Year, New Revolution? It's because we've got that many yes. games to talk about. I'm disappointed that when you think you have to think and, and you can't give players really good ratings against Rotherham, it's a bit worrying. But on to Burnley. Right, Burnley. So we're talking about Burnley. Now, to be honest, we, I thought we played... Bits of the game were all right, weren't they? But the inevitable problem of controlling the game popped up again. Burnley are a good team. Burnley will be in the Premier League next year. They've got some really yeah, good listen, players. Yeah, listen, Ian, let's be honest. They, they were the worst side I've seen down at Stoke Bar none this season. They were poor. I do agree with you that they'll go up, but the, all the Burnley fans said it was the worst they'd played for two seasons. Yeah, they were poor, but we were worse. Sim- simple as that, really. Second half, first half, I thought we matched them, to be fair. This is the problem with our team, though, isn't it? We, we can't control games. And that's the reason why Michael O'Neill's failed, and that's why Alex Neal's failed at the moment. And I can tell you now, the fans have turned on him. But the, the, the thing that I'm seeing with it is that our midfield simply can't control the game. And yeah. against anybody. We could, we, yeah. we could play Stevenage. And would struggle to control that game. Yeah, but when when you when you've got uh, Smallbone trying to be the pressing midfielder, in, inevitably he's going to run out of legs. You've got Baker who's becoming more and more invisible, and isn't the sort of person that is just going to pick up second balls and then perform miracles anymore. And you've got Thompson, who I actually think is the is the best in the midfield three. Although I don't think he was great on against Burnley. Well, it is, yeah, because that's the problem with our midfield. It's just not good enough in any shape or form. But this is the issue we're having when we're bringing in free transfers and not getting good quality free transfers. This is what's happening. You know, it's poor. There's there's no two words about it. I mean, small bone ain't good enough. I don't know. No, it's not. Well, you can can start right from the goalkeeper, and I know we're going to do the player ratings, but for me, um, I, I... Look, Bonham and Bursic are pretty much of a muchness, although if I had to pick the two of them, I'd put Bursic in. Um, Bonham's kicking has gotten worse than I ever thought it could. And I thought he looked shaky from the start, and that can't fill your defence with confidence. We're going to go through the team after it anyway, because it's been a lot. Of, it's been a good topic recently that people have been talking about. Right, Burnley controlled the game with 63% possession to our 37. They had seven shots, we, we had six. We had two on targets. They had two on targets, which shows you what kind of game it was. Corners, they had five. We had three. 
fouls we were, we had 21 and they had 13. Now that's another indicator how slow our team is at reacting to being attacked that we're constantly giving away fouls. It's it's a big indication that is, Ange. I mean, we've been looking at it now and over the last two or three weeks we've been talking like every game we're giving away over 15 fouls. That's an indication that we haven't even we haven't got a, a team that can control the game enough. So we're throwing stupid tackles in to stop them running through. Let's yeah, but I'd rather just throw stupid tackles in and let them walk through and score like we've done on the other occasions. So if if we we both know we haven't got enough players to to have a, a run at anything other than mid table, we both know that. But I'd rather have the players making fouls in the opposition's half and stopping them walking through than 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 we have in the past where people have just walked through and scored. Yeah, I understand. I want them to do that. Of course I do. But it's it's an obvious problem that Alex Neal's told them to do because, because let's be honest, if there was, there was a couple of tackles, Clark and Baker giving away yellow cards, and if, if, they, if they hadn't given those cards, we probably would have lost 3-0. Yeah, exactly. So, you know what I mean? But that's the issue that Alex Neal's got to fix. Michael O'Neill couldn't, which is why he's obviously got the chop. Alex Neal's coming, I, I think we're slowly getting worse under him. It's It's got to be changed. I mean, the goalkeeper situation is a severe problem that we all saw coming at the start of the season. For me, the midfield is getting so bad now that I'm honestly thinking there's a couple of veiled players that can fit in our midfield with the way we're playing at this moment in time. I thought you didn't drink. No, I don't drink, Andrew, but I'm, I'm being honest. that they're, they're really improving and we're getting worse. And that's the thing that's scaring me a bit now because, you know, we've always been laughing at them how far away they've been. They're not far off the playoffs. And let's be honest, if they come up, it's going to be a nightmare for us, isn't it, really, if they come up? There's no chance. Well, There's I... There's no chance of either. No chance of either. Well, unless we go they down. They won't go down and they won't come up. Well, let's hope, eh? Right, so we'll go with the player ratings. We'll go straight in with Bonham. I'm going to go in with a solid five, which I think's a good score now. People have been saying this, that fives and sixes, for me, are now good scores. If you get a seven, you've done extremely well, Ange. Well, I'm giving him a five. I thought he looked shaky, and he didn't have a great deal to do, to be honest, but uh, he'll get a five. And as, as I say, his, his kicking is just awful. Yeah, he, he can't kick a ball, but neither could Gordon Banks. Let's be honest, he couldn't... Well, he, 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 could, he could, he could save the ball, though, so there's a slight difference. Well, yeah, he was the best at saving the ball, let's be honest. But, right, let's go in with Clark. Listen, apart from the absolute mess-up for the goal, I thought he was one of our better players, to be honest. And that says it all. And he's getting a six. I'll get go with a six. A stupid foul got him a yellow card. And what, I don't know what he was doing. What was he doing for the goal? I, I still don't know. You know, just... Trying to play in and off, Bonham. I know, just... Don't, please. <laughs> These players are League One players. Don't start fiddling yeah. about with the ball. Yeah. Too, many, too many of these players nowadays are just trying to look great by being this tricky player. Like Smallbow's brilliant at running around it and dribbling against no one, but then as soon as it comes against the defender, loses it. Clark didn't move forward enough for me as well. Didn't move forward enough. I, I thought he was all no, right. I would agree with that. He, I, I don't think he defends that well either, so... Which but, is a bit of a shame when you're a defender. Well, yeah, to be honest, it's it's like Trent Alexander-Arnold, but to be fair, he tucks away about 15 goals, so you, you can sort of let him let him get on with it, can't you? But Clark yeah. are doing that, so... I don't know why he's all of a sudden got back in the team, I don't know, and and we're going to very much talk about Alex Neal later on. Harry Suti? I didn't think it was one of his better games, and, and they do say that when you've been out with injury, you come back and start really well, and then you fade off a bit, but... Uh, wasn't one of his better nights, and whilst I hope he stays, I think he has to go in the transfer window for us to have any money to, to buy anybody, and for me, he'll get a five. I'll go with a five, and we're not selling him, Ange. I don't care, we're not selling him. I'd, ra- I'd rather limp along and just stay in the league and then go again next season. When we, when well, if we don't sell him, we have absolutely zero money to buy anybody. We've got plenty of money, Ange, trust me. So We can't buy anybody with FFP, you know that. The yeah, but I'd, ra- I'd rather keep Harry Suits it and build a team around that defence with him in it than sell yeah. him now. Well, if you were Harry Suter, Ian, would you stay with this team? Because if you we... had a chance to go to Everton, Wolves, whoever, would you stay at Stoke? Of course you wouldn't. Of course I would. I'm a Stoke fan. I'm getting sorted. But anyway, 
I'd, I'd rather keep him and, and try build something around him next season or if at the end of the season an offer comes in with money then we think about selling him but I'm not going through the rest of the season with a 40 year old and Flint so it's simple as that for me well, you won't have a 40 year old and Flint you'll have a 40 year old and Wilmot well yeah we've got Wilmot as well but I've got a shit he's got a bit of a knack of getting injured after a few games so I'd, I'd, I've got a bad feeling about Wilmot especially with the injuries we're having I'm, I'm I'm, I'm worried. That's all I'm going to say. Right, Wilmot, speaking of him, the, the Stokes' best defender, as somebody in the paper said the other day, I don't think they're right, but, you know, he's been... He's been... I thought he was awful. Oh, I mean, he, he suddenly thinks he's, he's Beckenbauer and he can pass the ball wherever. I thought he was really poor fourth. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to go with a three, to be honest. I thought he was woeful at times. I don't, I don't like him on the left centre-back. I don't know why managers, Michael Neal and Alex Neal, keep putting him there. It doesn't suit him. He keeps getting caught because he can't swing his left foot. He's good when he comes in. Of course he is. He's good when they come on his inside and play on the right. But after about, I don't know, probably 60 minutes, Burnley realised if we go on the left side of him, he can't kick us. He can't defend there because he's not a left-footed centre-back. So they took advantage of it. And for me, it led a little bit towards the goal. But play him in the right position. But this is the problem now. We've got four right, no, sorry, five right-sided centre-backs and not a single left-sided centre-back. Yeah. And it, it, it's ridiculous, really. Morgan Fox and who can fill, fit in there, but it's not good enough. Right, Fox. Right, now, I'm a big Fox fan. I do think he's played all right since he's come back into the team. I don't think he's anywhere near watching football, but that means nothing because we've got the players like that at the moment. He does give us more balance to the team, um, but I'm giving him a five. Um, I'm going to give him six, to be honest. I thought Fox, at the moment, he's my, he's my player of the season at the moment, Fox. My I, I've, got, I've got to be honest. Since he's come back in, he's, we've actually really improved. We've stopped getting pasted. We've stopped looking like a team that, as soon as somebody with a bit of pace runs out as we're done, he's actually been a very decent left-back. And this is a player that I would have completely got rid of last season. I would have gone, get rid of him, just pay him up and get rid. To be honest, he's come in and he's done well. I mean, he's not a long-term player for me. I think he's too injury-prone, and at the end of the season, I probably would let him go. But if he does win the Player of the Season award, we're going to have to probably keep hold of him for another three years, aren't we? No, in Stoke, yeah. they'll probably give him a five-year contract. Five-year contract, yeah. But, um, I thought he did, to be honest, I'm, I'm scraping towards Man of the Match for me, Fox, yesterday, which I know was poor with a six, but like I've said, that's the new high. If he gets six, that's a good. So, yeah, we'll go in now with... Lewis Baker, who seemingly plays every week, and I don't get why. I thought he, uh, towards the end, he was giving the ball away too much. He's constantly fouling people these days. He's got, and it may well be because of the way he's been asked to play, but he has no impact on the game for me. Uh, no influence at all on what's happening. I'm not saying he doesn't try. They've either got to play him slightly differently further forward or not play him at all at this moment in time. I thought he was really, really poor three. I'll go over one, actually, for Lewis Baker. I thought he had no impact at all. Possession-wise, he did some beautiful passes to Thompson next to him and Smallbone slightly in front of him. And, and he did a beautiful couple-of-yard pass to Clark in the, in the first half. Other than that, he did nothing. Stupid fouls, kept giving away possession... Stupid passes that almost led to Burnley breaking away. Drop him, please. Drop him. I know he's captain, but we've got Suter back now, who's, who, like I said, and again have been proven right. Suter's the captain for me. Baker, drop him and either get rid of him at the end of the season or whatever, because at the moment, I don't care where he's playing, he is not performing. He has not performed for about three months, but he's in the team every week it's like Joe Allen when he used to stroll around going well I play every week this is the issue drop him and bring, put Sparrow in put anyone in put somebody else in and play in that role because at least they'll put some fight in that man doesn't care I could, I, could, I was watching him yesterday because I went yesterday, uh, yesterday but when I watched it 
I was watching Baker in particular. He doesn't. He was just walking around. When somebody came near him, he did the movements to make it look like he was making making an effort. Stupid yellow card as well. About four stupid fouls. Very lucky stay on the pitch for me. Not good enough, Ange. This is a player that, again, I said, right, let's knuckle him down. He's got two years left. Let's see how he goes on before giving him a long term and a pay rise. What did they do? They gave him six months. Massive pay rise. Now he looks like a player we're probably going to have to loan out for two, three years. You're not happy with him, are you? No, I'm really disappointed with Baker. He's really let me down this season. I thought, once he got a new contract, I thought, right, we can build a midfield around him. For me, he's the weakest midfielder in the in the team. I think Smallbone, for all his faults, at least he tries to get us forward players away. Whereas Baker is doing absolutely nothing. He's not shooting anymore. He's not creating chances anymore. He's got to be dropped. He's got to be dropped and hopefully we can turn him round. But yesterday, the other day, I was, I was really disappointed with him. And he gets a two, he gets one from me. Not good enough at all. And then we move into a player that was very all right in Thompson. See, I think Thompson's done okay since he's come back, as you say. He, he gives everything he's got to the team, doesn't he? And I do think he can be quite disruptive at times, but um, we need somebody of better quality if we can get them. So he's going to get a six from me. He'll get a five from me. I thought he, he stopped a lot of Burnley's momentum going forward. I think he made a couple of good passes. I remember in the, early in the first half he tried to pass um, small, small bone away, but he obviously didn't read it. Surprise, surprise. I thought he did all right. He isn't going to be man of the match. I'm going to give that Fox, but I thought he did all right, to be honest, Thompson. And to be honest, he's, he's, he's growing into that role. Now he's playing more. He's, he's impressing. Right, Tyrese Campbell. I didn't think Campbell wanted to be on the pitch. I, I thought he did the minimum he could. I don't think he is as influential as I thought he would be. There's just something lacking in his game. When he came back and, he, you know, the last couple of games, he looked like he was he turned the corner and he was getting back to the to the Campbell that, that we knew. But when he's got the ball at his feet, he's far better than when he's chasing the ball because nowadays I don't think he wants to chase it a six. A five for me. He's got to start booking his ideas up, Campbell. I mean, he's had the excuse for a while, the injury. He's unable to put it, put down two solid performances. And I understand, sort of more recently, because both managers haven't really been picking him week in, week out, which I think is a big issue for this team at the moment, of why we're not getting any consistency, because it's swapping every five minutes, which we'll talk about later on. But I think I think Campbell is his best finisher, and he did play in the position that I like seeing him play, just off the right-hand side. But he's got to start bucking up. He's got to start proving that he can be a man that can hit 15, 16 goals a season in this division. Because if he can't, his career's going to go nowhere. He'll end up... Yeah, I agree. He's, he's going to go down or he's going to go up. He's got to put the work in now. And, you know, yesterday, he there was too much walking round, too much fancy tricks when he had the ball, instead of getting in positions and moving himself in and around to get a goal for us. And it's not, it's not good enough. He's been doing that now for two years since he's come, well, a year since he's come back from his injury. There's no excuses anymore. He's had a pre-season this season. I want to see improvement from Campbell. And I don't want any excuses now when he plays up front. He, he's not playing in the right position because you're a forward player. It doesn't matter where you play as a forward player as long as you're in and around the box to move, get in positions and take chances. He's not doing that. So I know he scored against Rotherham and he was a decent fit hit, to be fair. But he's got to follow that up. If he wants to be a top yeah. division player and wants to be anywhere near as good as his dad, he's got to keep moving that ball forward and scoring goals. And he's not doing it. So he's got to book up, shape up, or he's going to end up at Plymouth. Simple as that. Right, Smallbone. Is he, is he ever going to get dropped down? Him and Baker seem to play rubbish every week but seem to stay in the team. Well, I'm going to baffle you now and send your teeth flying across the room. I thought he was our best player yesterday in the first half because nobody played well in the second half. Once they scored on 61 minutes, we never really looked... They, they never got out of second gear. But I thought he led the press in the first half and then he got tired and then he has this ability to look like he's just unlucky when he goes for the ball. Uh, but for me, he was our player of the game yesterday with six and a half... I think you're mad, Ange. <laughs> Absolutely mad. It took one podcast, 
Not even one podcast. Not even, well, just halfway through a podcast for you to ridicule me, Ian Mellor. Absolute joke, Andrew. You can't, you can't do no, this. I mean, that's what makes this game so great. You don't agree with the right decision that I make, and sometimes I know your decisions are wrong. So he played better than Fox? Yes, of course he did. No, I don't think he did, Ange. I'm sorry, I don't think he did. Right. Well, there you go. Um, well, I didn't rate any of them, really. I thought the whole performance was beige. Uh, I'll give him a two. Um, oh, just for you giving him a you've six and a half. No, I'm not. I'm not joking. I'm going to give him a five. I, I, to be no, fair, no. I agreed. I thought he was all right in the first half, but completely non-existent in the second half. Well, he was in good company in the second half, wasn't he? Well, uh, yeah, no, everyone went missing, but Fox didn't. He was there. Plodding along, making yeah, them tackle. Yeah, he was there. Or if he'd have been another foot inside, in well, if he'd have been another foot further back, it would have been a penalty when he he had that dreadful pass from Wilmot and managed to kick the bloke up in the air and the ref waved play on. Well, well that's foul, that, that's why we had a good ref this week. But yeah, okay. um, <sighs> come on, Mark's for small bone. Are you giving him a six? Five, I'm giving him. I will give oh. him a five. I thought he was all right. First, first one above four for about. Well, three months. But anyway, we'll go next into Timon. I'm just trying to think what he did to have any effect on the game. Yeah, yeah that was my point straight away. I forgot you were playing. Uh, four? Uh, two. You know, I, I can't... I mean, at the end of the day, I know people believe in ghosts. I've had weird experiences in the town, which we'll probably discuss on a different time, but... I can't remember him touching the ball. I was there for 90 minutes. I can't remember timing at all. Yeah, he didn't have one of his greatest games. and um, He isn't a winger. I don't care what anybody says. I just... Uh, Branja, can you remember any touch or any pass or... No. I can't remember... No, I, did, I want somebody now. This is a challenge now for anybody out there. These are new. There's going to be challenges out there now. Can anybody find the stats that Tymon had against Burnley? Because from what I saw, or didn't see, for example, I can't remember him touching the ball. So if anyone can find out, just message me on, of course, the Pots Podcast on, on Facebook or Instagram. Might be on TikTok soon. I might get Angela doing some funny dances for TikTok. But, yeah, Tymon, non-existent. And we move into... Brown, I like him back Can in that I position. I just say at this moment in time that my dances would not be funny. They would be artistic. Right, OK, that will go artistic then. OK, Brown. Brown. Iran is normal, but you say that doesn't matter. I, I beg to differ. Um, I still think they should play him up front more than they do. I mean, he's not a wing-back, as we noticed from Rotherham. Uh, and he's getting a six as well. Eight, five. Um, again... Worked hard, but no end results at the end of the day. Right, now, so substitutions. I think this was a bit of a dodgy one when Baker wasn't performing at all. Uh, Thompson for Powell. Uh, well, when he came on, the one thing with Powell was he's not a striker for a kick-off and they're playing him up front. I know we're behind. But when he came on, he won more headers than Campbell and Brown did put together. And that's not, that's not his forte, is it? You don't look upon Nick Powell as somebody that can really head the ball. You you know, you don't expect him to be flying into to, to get headers. I don't think we'll keep him at the end of this season. I don't think the manager fancies him that much in terms of playing because I just don't think he impacts the game anymore and you can't build a team around somebody that plays eight to ten matches. Uh, he didn't really impact the game, did he? It was... To be fair, he came on too late to make much of a difference, so I'm going to give him a five. Uh, my logic is always the same. It's a five. And, to be honest, this is the final year we'll see Nick Powell at Stoke Ange. Yeah, I think so. Now, small bone for Laurent. He's back. Yeah. Did um, you miss him? I didn't really miss him much when you saw him on the field. But, again, it's hard, isn't it? Uh, I'll give him a five. Uh, I think when he gets back up to speed, hopefully tomorrow against Preston, I think he might be a player that we had hoped we would get. I think he might prove he, he is that player. I mean, Andrew, you, you can't miss a ghost again, can you? <laughs> I've got no, him played for right. us again. He's He's been in and out of the squad, not impressed me at all. And we'll talk about transfers after, because I want to get into it. He gets a five from me. Then... 
Fosu Henry, third time, and why isn't he playing first choice on the left wing? Well, I'm going to upset you again now, because I, I thought it was pretty obvious why he wasn't playing. I thought he was awful when he came on. He always seems to flatter to deceive. Looks like he's going to do something these days, then falls over or slips. Uh, five. Uh, that's a good that's an eye mark, that hand. <laughs> Give him a good score there. Four. Too much slipping about for me. Um, he did flat to deceive because when he first came in, I thought, "Oh, we've got a player here. This lad could Probably. be a big, a big tier." And then, more recently, I'd probably give him back. <laughs> he's enough. Yeah. He's enough. Brilliant signing from the Learning Stoke City. And then Brown for Delap. Delap. Um, was it about fifteen minutes he came on for? Yeah, yeah. Um, he came on the seventy-first. I, I thought he put himself about a bit more than than. The others did in the last 15 minutes of the game. You know what will happen with Dilap? He'll go somewhere else next season and he'll score for fun. Yeah, he will, Whereas yeah. here he's been learning his trade. He did a few good touches, um, but that was it. So he's getting a five as well. I'll give him a five as well. I thought he, did, he, he tried, but there was nothing feed off really, was there? That yeah, point. but that's all we're saying these days, Ian. This podcast should be renamed We Tried. Yeah. Because that's all we say for some of these players now. Yeah, yeah. We tried. But at least they're trying, Ange. At least they they're tried. trying. Everybody loves a try, yeah. but we don't win. <laughs> Everybody does love a try, though, Ange. Yeah, but at least they tried. Baker didn't. Okay. You know what I mean? We spoke about the ref. The, the ref was brilliant, Ange. I think he missed two penalties. <laughs> I think one of their... <laughs> I think one of their, one of their goals... It was definitely outside the area. It was a penalty, Ange. You know, that was a penalty. No, it wasn't. Pass me red. What did you think of the rest? I thought he was brilliant. I really did think he was brilliant. I mean, he he outdoes for some reason. Never normally goes in our favour, Ange. Um, I thought Baker was extremely lucky not to see a red card. I think Clark, with that second half little trip, I think that could have been given... Is a red card. I mean, there's a penalty. There was a free kick outside the box that he didn't give for them. He gets 10 out of 10 for me. He gets 10 from Lenange. Brilliant referee. Wow. Wow. He's completely biased. He was awful. But, you know, he, he was awful. <laughs> I'm giving him a six. You can't give him a six, Ange. If you want it for him, we would have lost 5 0. Six. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> there was an offside that he gave what one. He lost his offside. Come on, Ange, don't be like that now. No, he's getting a six. Why is because, he only getting a six after some of those... Because I didn't like him. I didn't like him. He's getting a six. I like him. He can come every week for me. If he gets them decisions, <laughs> he can come every week. Right, so we'll go into Alex Neal's rating. Um, I thought the football was a bit dour, but then he's not playing for personality and, and, and to get lots of plaudits from the fans, is he? First half... I thought we matched him pretty well and I thought our intensity was quite good. And then, as you expect, we tire. They never had to get out of the second gear. We gave them the goal. If we if we hadn't given them that goal, probably been none each and we'd have been dead happy. Um, I'm giving him a six. Uh, I'll give him a steady in the middle five. Um, yeah, I, I'm not really impressed with what he's doing. I don't understand these substitutions. I don't know why he's playing Smallbone that high instead of Baker. I mean, for me, that cam roll's perfect. When, when you've got three in the forward line, that, like that, I think it's better to play Baker in there. He should have dropped Smallbone for Laurent, put Laurent, to, who can do that oldie midfield role with Thompson. Fossu give start playing him on the left side because I think that's the reason of his drop off because he's looking at it again. I've just dropped from Brentford. I'm twenty, was it seven or twenty eight years of age? I've come to play football and I'm not being played over a left back who, let's be honest, for seventy odd minutes wasn't even in the game. So, you know, I can understand why he's upset. But for me, once he's up and running, I think he would be a very good influential player this season. If you're playing that free up for free midfield behind the striker, and to be honest, I would have gone with a bit more energy in aerial threat with Baker instead of Brown. Um, not Baker, um, Delap instead of Brown, because I think Delap should be playing every week because of that two and two, because we need him to keep that going goal scoring up at the moment. He is our only striker that's hitting the back of the net. I know Campbell's sort of a bit in and out, but. And what I want to know of Alex Neal is why he's swapping this formation every week. 
because he's not the problem is with our team we've got no consistency and what you're doing is you're swapping the team every week apart from two players that for me have underperformed in Smallbone and Baker but playing them every week yeah it's not good enough it's, it's ridiculous and we're going to there's been a lot of talk about Alex Neal that's flown up in the last couple of days and we're going to cover that Ange we, we, okay. but before we do that quick play a, a performance rating what we're giving that from Stoke yeah four I'll give it a two no well, we'll give it a four as well I thought you know first off I thought we competed and then disappeared exactly right so we'll talk into Alex Neal now now there's a lot of fans that are all putting the same question up whenever I've put any information about what do you think of Alex Neal he's been in the job a few months now have things improved under Alex Neal compared to Michael O'Neill and do you think this was a decision that hasn't really got any hasn't made any sort of difference to the way we play or how the club's looking at the moment um I would not have replaced Michael O'Neill when the club did. I told you that at the time. I think Michael O'Neill should have been replaced either at the end of last season or if things hadn't got better at this transfer window. Um, I think it was very difficult to expect anybody to come in and make a massive difference with the personnel that we've got. And now that puts the current manager under pressure because we haven't improved. But then I can't think of a manager that's come into Stoke for many years and we've had a good manager bounce all we do is when we get a new manager we either stay the same or sink so uh, you can't I don't think you can blame him for uh, not turning things around yet I think that the reason Stoke went for him is because the chairman wanted him uh, for the last couple of managers we've had and we played Preston on a Saturday where first half they we played quite well against them, second half we never touched them, and I think at that moment on he thought, right, this is my chance to get him. Um, and, I mean Sunderland, sorry, not Preston. And um, that's, that's what happened. Do I think he'll turn things around? Uh, I don't think you can judge him until there's been a couple of transfer windows. Um, do I think he's the sort, playing the sort of football that I, I and other Stoke fans want to see? No. But that might be because he thinks it's the only football he can play with the personnel he's got. Am I over-enthusiastic? Not in the slightest at the moment. Thank you. Um, like you just said there about John Coates saying he's, he's tried to get him on a couple of occasions. Has he ever mentioned or talked about why that is? Because I'm, I've been completely underwhelmed by him ever since Norwich. So I, I, fair enough, he's done all right at Sunderland. But what did he see in him when he was at Preston? What did he see in him after he failed at Norwich? What does this? Well, I think he probably saw a bloke that had done a decent job with a limited amount of spending at Preston. Um, he saw a manager at Norwich that got them promoted, but also got them relegated. Um, albeit he might have had a lot of injuries. Sunderland, he went there and got the team up. Arguably, they might have gone up anyway. So, you can see the attractiveness, maybe. For me, he's uh, not a manager that I would have jumped at as a manager for Stoke City, but he's the one we've got. Uh, and I think, whether you like him or not, you have to give him at least one transfer window, other than the January one, which we all know is where most people panic by or pay over the odds for players. Um, and whereas we know we probably need, I would say, six or seven players, if you get those in this transfer window, they won't have time to gel. Uh, it'll, it won't be very good. And I still believe that last January, when we got all those players in, um, it caused us not to have as good a second half of the season as we might have. We had a really good start last season, if you remember, compared to normally. Uh, we haven't had a good start this season, so um, we've just got to be careful with what we buy. For me, if, if there's one place we've got to sort out, and um, we'll come on to that when we do the, the actual talk of the transfer window. What do you think of Alex Neal? Um, personally, I, I was underwhelmed when he about his career before 
coming Stoke. I don't understand why John Coates has been so desperate for him in the first place. I mean, he did a great job at Hamilton, I'm not going to deny that. He took a League One Scottish club and turned him into a, a steady Premier League team. Back to back, I think it was back to back promotions, got him to a League Cup final. Amazing things he did there at Hamilton. But then he got the Norwich job. He did take him up, but they were already up pretty much anyway. Um, I know he had to get him over the line, but he, he went in after Christmas. I think it was March. It, no, it was February or March he went in at Norwich. They were already, I think, second at that point. No third they were, but they were only a couple of points behind the, the promotion. They had the best squad in the division at that time. And he, he got him up. Um then he went to Preston, where they steadily got worse. And to be fair, Angie did have quite a bit of money spent there um, on loans and a couple of players. He also had the best midfielder in the division, which was Ben Pearson. Um, and then he went Sunderland, where Lee Johnson had just won the cup and narrowly took him. Well, I think they were third, weren't they, when he, when he took over? And yeah, two points so. behind second place and then ended up finishing fifth or sixth. So what a great job! You know he, he took them in a worse position, but got them promoted. So he's an hero. When you look down at his stats, I'm not impressed by him. And what I've seen so far, this swapping and changing the formation every week, swapping the squad every week, having his favourites every week that play all the time. Um, Bonham's now become a new favourite, even though I think he's absolutely hopeless. Um, Baker seems to be the new Joe Allen, untouchable, can play. Horrific, but still getting the squad every week. Smallbone, the same. Yeah, he's got tricks and flicks. And I think what he looks at with Smallbone, he thinks, well, he's got tricks and flicks. The fans will love him. We aren't stupid, Alex. We we, we know when a player is doing all right or not. We, we don't want a prima donna that does loads of tricks, but then runs up against a defender and concedes possession. It's not good enough. Um, I'm not a giant fan, Ange. I never have been. Um but if the manager, if the owners believe in him, but at the moment I'm not a massive fan of the ownership. So, you know, I'm not a massive fan of everything at the moment at this team. Right, well, hang on a minute. I'm going to ask you the question, <clears throat> would you have got rid of Michael O'Neill when Stoke did? No, I would have gone earlier. I would have gone earlier. I told you right, this. Well, given that they didn't go earlier, I'll ask you the question now. Do you think, therefore, looking back, hindsight's a wonderful thing, should they have got rid of him and replaced him with Alex Neil? No. Thank you. No, Move that on. that that's just what it, for me. It's a bad, it's a bad managerial decision because I think Michael O'Neill's a good manager, and this is for a thing that I'll push out that most people haven't haven't talked about. Can you name the two players he's spent money on? Two. Two. There's two players Michael O'Neill's bought to this football club. Not free transfers, but, not loans. Jordan bought. Thompson. Yeah. Um, and it would be. Oh, plays up front. Well, it wouldn't be Delac. No, he's plays for Scotland. Jacob Brown, that's right. Yeah. Jacob Brown. Who are the two best players in our team at this moment in time? Well, Jordan Thompson and Jacob Brown. There you go. There you go. So at the end Listen. of the day. Is the owners maybe, 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 look, their track record, the owner's track record of uh, getting good managers to this football club isn't great. It's it's right? 5%, Ange. It's 5% well, of 100%. it's that, I'm amazed. But uh, we're, we're getting to the stage now where, because of the fact that football's cyclical, we're almost back to the stage when the coach family came in uh, where we were not a very good club and they started to move us upwards. We, we, we're we now on the regressive curve and it has to change. Will it change with the current owners? I don't know, but I don't think at this moment in time 
there's a decent alternative because you look at somebody like West Brom. West Brom, everybody thinks, well, they've done well and they've got, in my opinion, a really good manager and Carlos Corberon or whatever. Carberon? Corberon? I can't remember. But when you look at the situation they're in now with their ownership, they might be in a deep doo-doo like Derby were. And I'd rather have a club that's uh, financially secure rather than one that goes from highs to lows um, and you're never quite sure where you're at. Yeah, the football's turgid at the moment. Yeah, we want success. But we do know that in four or five years' time, right, this football club will still be a competing football club. Some other clubs don't know that. And that's the one thing I'll say in their favour. But Ange, there comes a point where, I mean, people at the moment, the amount of people I'm talking to who aren't renewing next season is frightening. I understand that. People and, have and had I enough, understand why. We, we, I understand why they're not, they're not. But, you know, when they want to come back here in three or four years' time, when we've turned the corner and we are start winning again, there will be a football club to come back with. And, and where, you get back the, to. where you're getting this feeling we'll turn it round in two, three years? Because, it has to, because football's cyclical. You go through highs and lows. And Stoke will turn it round. Alex Neal might turn it round. But Stoke, this football club will turn round and be good again. You've mentioned the veil today. We've laughed at the veil. I will continue to hope that Stoke City do better than the veil. But they're going through their good patch at the moment. If they do well enough to get up the next division, they will need new owners because the current owners, however well they've done, won't be able to pay the money to take the veil forward. Just like any other football club, they'll be sold again. And then you might get an owner who doesn't care as much as the owners of our club care. Whether we like it or not, you have to care about your football club if you are pumping millions in and getting very little back. You've got a great fortune if you own a football club and you make it a small fortune. That is common knowledge. We're not, we're not owned by a state by whether it's a pariah state... Oh, I wish, I wish we were, Andrew. I wish... I wish, so do I. I wish the so better... do I, but we're not. <laughs> and, compared, and compared to that, I, I'm happy to, to, to go... Not happy. I will accept that we are in a, a dreadful situation in terms of the money that's been pumped in and bad management, whoever's fault that is... We know whose fault that is, We know whose fault that is. Well, we don't, we, we're not privy to all the information... And there's a certain amount of luck in football, and I'll be granted, granted Stoke have more bad luck than most. Yeah, but we don't have luck. They're out of football club, and I'd rather support Stoke City with the owners that they've got at the moment playing garbage football than have owners from overseas who don't care touch about this football club break all the rules, and then you're left to pick up the pieces. So, apart uh, from that... Let's go on to the transfer window, eh? Because I'm upsetting you now, I can tell. You, you've angered me, Andrew, that's all I'm going to say. I mean, well, at the end of the day, a, a quick statement... First podcast for the new year, and little Ian's thrown his toys out. I, I'm, I'm, going to throw him, I'm going to throw him through the window in a minute, but the, the, <laughs> the, the, the thing is, I'll quickly put in, I'd rather ambitious owners with no money than, like, veils, than ones that don't care. And from what yeah. I see, like you say, they care. From what I've seen over the last five years, they don't care. That that's okay. that, that's what it comes across as as me. There's no ambition, no plan. There no, might not be ambition that you see, right? There might not be ambition that I see. What, what ambition are you see now? Well, I'll tell you what. They, uh, I'll give you an idea of ambition. Fifty nine million pounds given to Gary Rowett, and that was an ambition to get us straight back to the Premier League. Fifty-nine million pounds in one transfer window. Yeah, but I'm. That's sure. ambitious. That's the most paid by a championship club to try and get back in. I'm the sure. problem was they gave it to the wrong manager. But all right, Andrew, but you won't let me speak at all here. Bloody hell, I'm spitting feathers here. <laughs> uh, all, all I'm saying is, is that that was parachute payments, and that was just that was a little bit of red face because he didn't spend the two years before we bring in rubbish and on loan. 
and free transfers like Chopo Moting and SA. That's the reason why money was spent because we put the parachute payments in and then they'll cover the debts that come after. But that was just that, that again shows an idea of just, yeah, whatever. Why didn't you spend that kind of money in the Premier League? Joe, in the Premier League, we were one of the lowest spenders ever. We, in a season, only spent 20 million, which is what the club earned. And that is why we went down. Not because we went anywhere else, because when you're only spending that kind of money, it's simple as this, when a team regresses, like what's happened at Wolves at the moment, they, they've had a, you have to have a five-year plan. They had a five-year plan, get promoted to the Premier League, bring a few good quality players in, maybe have a, a good go and get into Europe. They did it two years in a row. Then for the next five years, they made a mistake. But they corrected it over two years. Stoke, it's taken six years, and we still aren't on the right track. The fact of the matter is that we could sit here and go, "Oh, brilliant, we're debt free. Brilliant. Oh, that 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 makes me want to go down the bet. I'm going to go down the bet three six five with me arm in the air, going, at least we're debt free. Aston Villa are two hundred million pound in debt, and look where they are. They don't care. They're in yeah. the Premier League. They'll earn money. They'll earn it back. They don't care. They don't give a monkey. Like, Philip Coutinho, don't come play for us. We're, yeah, we are in debt, but who cares? We'll just pay it off because we've got the money in the bank. We've got plenty. Don't worry. Get yourself in here. Our owners, not only compared to these owners that are in the Premier League, our owners can spend £100 million and put that into liquidation costs of debt in Bet365. And it's gone in seven months. And the owner hasn't put his, hadn't had to put his own, his, his own hand in his pocket once during that period. But why don't the club do it? Oh, yeah, that's the question, Ange. That's the yeah, big question. I'll, I'll answer your question. I'll answer your question. Derby gambled very heavily to go back into the Premier League, doing just what you said Stoke should do. What division are Derby in now? Right, and <laughs> the one thing I'll say about Mal Morris, Mal Morris... He's a very wealthy man. He is. He's worth, he was worth about three to four hundred million pound. Now the reason he was that is because he sold his business. He had no source of income other than the money he was getting out of the bank for putting his money in the bank uh, interest payments. He had no money other than what he was doing. The difference is between him and Stokeange, which is why we can do it and they can't. We have owners that have a business that makes billions a year. So we can afford to do that. We can put a hundred million pound in and not get it back. We know what we can afford to do, but luckily we have abided by FFP regulations. Derby didn't, hence Derby got all the points deductions and Derby got relegated. After seven months, I agree with you, if Stoke don't burst every financial platform possible to get us back in the Premier League, then the owners should go. But until they can do it under proper rules, and the rules are rubbish, we know that. Yeah, they are rubbish. Um, then, then we will stay as we are. But we're running out of time, as you know, and we need to address who you're buying tomorrow for Stoke City. Right, so we're going to go into the transfer window because you've shouted at me and I'm not impressed. So we'll, we'll go into it. Right, I believe at this moment in time, with the way our transfer budget and we, how we've been working over the two, three years, I don't want that again, Ange. I don't want to see five or six players coming in all at once. What I want to do, if we have got any money, I'd rather us go out and get good players, i.e. where we're desperate, which for me is goalkeeper and a left-sided centre-back. Let's improve this defence so that we can stay in the division and have something to build off. Good goalkeeper, good set of defenders, and then we'll go from that point. I'd rather see two good quality players come in that massively improve us than bringing in six, seven players which aren't good enough. If you if you put them all together, they might make a good player. That That's what I don't want to see, Ange. I'd rather, because we've been doing that now for three, four years, where we've brought five or six in, eight or nine in, and then we, we look at them and go, well, we brought eight in, Six are crap, but we've got one that's all right and one that right. will sit well on the bench. That That's what I want right. to see. I tell you what I think is vital, a goalkeeper. That's vital, yes. Right? I believe that the only way we'll get the goalkeeper he wants in, which is widely known as Everson, is if we sell somebody, because he ain't going to come in alone. If, if, I agree with you that if we get four or five players in, they won't fit in. 
Seven or eight. Seven but, or eight. Um, I do, honestly. In January. I think, no, I think we need a goalkeeper. We I do, think we yeah. need a defensive midfielder. I think we need an attacking midfielder. I, need, I think we need a striker. If Suter goes, we need two centre-backs. Um, I think we need a new midfield, but we're not going to get that. I'll go through it again. I'll go through it again. I think we need a keeper. We probably need a left-back. We definitely need a centre-back. We need two. We need a defensive midfielder. We need... So attacking midfielder, and we need a striker. And, what, and, and, and you could add, if you can get a striker, a winger as well. And you're not going to get all those replaced in this transfer window. For me, Andrew, we need, we need about 17 players. But at, at this moment in time, when we look at the window, for me, we're looking at vital play p- components to improve this team. Now, Iverson he likes. Now, if he wants Iverson, go get him. Now... You know, I'd, I'd rather just not sell Harry. To be honest, I'd rather go with what we've got, but keep Suti, so that next season we have a good centre back to build the team off. That's if we can't spend, leave it till next season. For me, and it, but yeah, I agree. but also for me, if we can't get Iverson on a permanent basis, loan him till the end of the season with a view of a permanent deal. Yeah, right. Okay, so I've just told you it won't be a loan. Well, right. if you, they what, will not loan him to us. They will want money off us. It won't be a loan. And if it's a loan, and we have so many loan players already, that means another one of the loan players can't be on the, on the bench or in the squad. Personally, I would cancel Kilkenny's loan if I could. Uh, I'd maybe cancel one or two others. But as Kilkenny doesn't seem to be figuring, you'd like you'd think that he'll be going back. Um, I would put. Uh, Dimaggio Wright Phillips on loan somewhere. I'd certainly loan Flint out if I could. Um, and I, I, I hope somebody would come in to offer Bursic uh, a deal because he's, I think he's out of contract in the summer. So maybe somebody will try and buy Bursic. And hopefully somebody will come in for Powell. But I don't think it will happen to give us the money to get Everson. Um, if it depends on the deal, don't it? Because some you can cut halfway through, so in the next window is you can cut them. I think Bournemouth had wants his deal at Kilkenny's cut anyway. I think he's made three appearances, two of them a sub. Um, you know, Kilkenny. To be honest, he hasn't played, has he? So I, I, I'm not going to sit here and have bad will against Kilkenny. I'm not going to sit here and go he's rubbish. No, but it's not worked out, does it? No, it's just one of them things. I can't judge him because he hasn't played. Fair enough, Smallbone, I'll judge him, because he's played a lot of football, so I'll judge him, and he's crap. But what, what to be honest, looking at what we brought in, if there's two or three that aren't playing and they aren't even getting on the bench, then cut the contracts, get rid of them, and open up a bit of money where we can get him in. Now, Leicester, you're saying that they want the deal done permanently. It, it technically is a permanent, it's a way of getting around financial reasons where you loan him in with an agreement that it's, it's sorted in the summer. So it doesn't matter what he does, he, he joins your club. But because if because we if we I don't want to sell Suti, our best defender when we can't defend at the moment, just to bring in a goalkeeper. I'd, I'd rather just no, go with what no, we've I got. Agree. I agree, but if somebody sniffs around Harry Suter this transfer window with the right money, Harry Suter will go. You I, know that, and I know that. He will. He and will. He they'll, they'll use it as they'll say FFP. Uh, dictated. They probably don't want him to go, but that might well happen. If you look at the goalkeepers that we could get, I think he's only after Everson. He, we've been talked. There's talking about him wanting Pearson as the defensive mid, midfielder, um, and then there's talk about him wanting Stewart up front. Well, Stewart apparently is ten million pounds. That will tell you now that there's somebody going for more than 10 million. And quite frankly, there's only one person in our squad I can see going for that money. Is it? Can you? Yeah, Morgan Fox, 12 million easy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, it's it, yeah, it suited. The only person who's going for, you know, 20 million upwards, it's, it's suited. Um, you won't get 20 million for then, then don't sell him then. <laughs> Simple as that. If we don't get the modern moneyed requirements for the player like that, for me, I've already... 15 to 18 million with add-ons will be the max we get for Suter. No, I'll, I'll keep him then. Because I know how good right. he is. Well, hang on then. So you're going to keep him, right? He put, you're going to keep him. 
He's a good pro. He'll probably want to go, but he'll stay and play. With Stokes luck, he'll get injured again, like we had with Butland, and you've lost your chance to sell him. Right? He will go for between, in my opinion, 15 to 18 million. Then it's what you do with that 15 million. Everson's going to cost three or four million. Right? We're not going to get him for nothing. And then if he wants this bloke up front and he wants Pearson, you'll just about cover your costs. And that's why I believe Suter will be going. Well, I'd... I can't. I can't see anybody coming in with that kind of money this early, though. Hans, he's just come back from injury. I can't see somebody going right. We'll have him now because he had a good World Cup, but he hasn't played for a year. And we'll, we'll, we'll... listen, eighteen million in the Premier League. Yeah, it ain't stuffing to them. It's stuffing. It was a lot to Stoke Hans, as we never broke the twenty million mark. But yeah, when you look at when you look at what um, we we see to to. For Harry Suter, I don't want to sell him cheap like we did Nathan Collins. Because Nathan Collins, I'll tell you now, is going to go on to be a top, top centre-back in the future. And we let him go for, what was it, 14 million, 15 million, which is nothing. Because, I mean, a year later, Burnley sold him for 25, which shows yeah, well, you. that's what will happen with Suter. Yeah, which, is, which I don't Suter want to happen. To a, Suter will go to a... It's what happens in football. I know, I know it is. A lower Premier League club, prove his worth, and then move on to a much better club. Exactly. That is what, what happens. Yeah, it is. We better do, it we is. better do the predictions, haven't we? Because we're, we're way over time, yeah, you know. You're just, know you're just arguing. You're, you're, you're in a bad mood and you're arguing with me today. I can see you, you're not going in the a opposite. Bad mood. I am starting this year as I mean to go on. I am not going to be put down by yourself, Ian Miller. I can tell you're in a, an argumentative mood. You're starting the new year agitated, and we will move on to the predictions. Well, hang on a minute. No, 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 no. Right now, tell me, are you? There's, there's a lot of people losing their love for Stoke because you've said a lot of your mates aren't going to renew. Right? Are you losing your love for Stoke? I'll never lose my love for Stoke Gans. I love the football club. Everybody knows that. I wouldn't be doing this right. podcast if I did. I, you know, I love the club. Um, but I don't really fancy going down to that ground when I'm watching what I'm watching. And, the, and I, I feel as if... It's like this, what I've said before. There's clearly no direction. There's clearly no ideas of moving forward. We don't have a five-year plan. We don't even have a one-year plan. You can tell that with, with what we're bringing in. And when those things are happening, it's reminding me so much, and I hate to keep bringing it back up, but it's reminding me of the end of Peter Coates when he couldn't fix it, when it was going wrong and Lou Macari left for a second time and we were going down and down and down and whenever we brought a manager in, it was the wrong decision. Because it's like Chris Kamara, for example, when we brought him in. And I remember this, like because I, I was very young, but I remember it because it's when I was first starting to get season tickets when I was young. Chris Kamara did a good job at Bradford before he came Stoke, like Nathan yeah. Jones did. But look what happened. He won one game in 16. You, you, you know, the same thing's happening now where we're bringing in high-profile managers, Gary Rowett. Not, I know we're not high-profile as in up to the highest levels, but they've done well in the championship. Like Rowett's, you know, two or three years running, nearly got Derby in the Premier League. And then you look at Nathan Jones, how he turned Luton from a non-league club to a championship club with non-league money, and did he, and then come Stoke and couldn't buy a win, mainly because he, he was let down in the transfer market. Then Michael O'Neill somehow gets Northern Ireland into tournaments, which they haven't done since since good old Jerry Armstrong. And still, we're doing it again. We then sack him after giving him literally no money and balancing the books, and then bring another manager in and give him all the money again. He did that. For me. It, it, I have lost my way, and it's hard to follow something when there's no plan. Everybody gets behind a plan, don't they, Ange? When, we, when anyone plans down, it's like me when I plan my podcasts, which normally takes 20 minutes, but at least it's planned. You know, you have to plan something to get results. If you're just going winging it, going copy and paste, oh, the manager gets decisions, copy and paste, copy and paste, eventually... You're gonna, it's gonna cost you, isn't it? And that's what's happening with us. It's gonna cost us eventually. And my love for the for the club will never go away. I mean, I'm never gonna. I'm not one of those plastics that's gonna tear up in a Chelsea top, unless it's vintage and I like it. I, I'm never gonna swap. 
you know, I love this club and I want it to improve, which is why it's hard, Ange, because it's like being in a relationship with somebody that you can't get rid of. And it, it's so frustrating because you can't get rid of them because you love them. So you've yeah, got to stick with it. I'm laughing because you're saying all the things that, that most people will be nodding their head to on this podcast. And some people a little bit older than you will be saying they've supported Stoke for X number of years and they've had ups and downs. And I'll tell you, it's mostly downs as a Stoke supporter. But like you, I don't think I'll ever fall out of love with Stoke City. They're in our hearts, aren't they? And they're in our hearts. And sometimes you want to kick them out of your heart and you think, that's it, I've had enough, I'm done. Um, but, but they're in our heart and we've had worse seasons of this. I can remember the 84-85 season. You think this is bad. You think getting relegated was bad. Um, it was much, much worse. And there'll be people older than me that can remember worse seasons. But ultimately... We love our football club, and with that, I am going to predict we will beat Preston tomorrow two one. Um, we will. We'll... Preston, is it? We're at home, aren't we? Um, I might think of going. Actually, we make sure. Is it home? It's at home, yes. Yeah, I am going. Some fan you are, you don't know we're at home. <laughs> well, yeah, that's how much I've fallen in love with it, Ange. <laughs> it's more of a nightmare, oh God, Stoke are playing. <laughs> oh God, I've got to go to the match. Oh God, I've got to watch them play like plastic. Well, it's like watching Sabutio. Right, um, I think we'll lose 1-0. Right, I've gone 2-1. This is the first prediction of the new year, anybody listening. 2-1 Stoke. 1-0 Preston. And we don't. No, no, we've got to talk about the women, Ange. Right, well, I'll tell you about the women. They don't play this week. Uh, the, the first match will be next Sunday at Leeds in the FA Cup, weather permitting. And if they win that, then they've got a plum draw away at the Arsenal in the fourth round of the FA Cup. Can't wait because I'm going that if we if, if, if they get to that match against yes, Arsenal. Yes, you are. We will all go, and um, our love for the women's football will increase. Yeah, because apparently there's a couple of Arsenal players that have got my eye with England internationals. They might be single, so I might go and, and say hello. <laughs> uh, well, that might just help Stoke to win. Exactly. <laughs> there's always a winner right so everybody I hope you're going to have a great 2023 I know it's a bit a bit yeah. negative I can only I can only blame Ange um, so there we go Ange another one done it's been a, it's been a good one though we've, we've got a and, argument out yeah and uh, next weekend this time next Sunday we'll be just kicking off our FA Cup campaign at Hartlepool! That's it. What what a fantastic group. We're back in the FA Cup. Best trophy ever in Titans. But before we go, I just obviously wanted to say rest in peace to the world's greatest ever footballer, Palais. I think, to be honest, I grew up and it hit me hard a lot, Palais, because when I was younger, I grew up with the tapes and I watched Palais score a lot of goals. And, and what a player. And a good friend of Gordon Banks as well. Yeah, it's very, very sad. Um, just awfully sad. Uh, the greatest footballer in many ways. The man that um, made football very special in South America again. And uh, a great loss. And you know what? They're assembling a really good team up there in heaven at the moment. I know. Um, Gordon, Pelé, one or two other greats gone recently. George Cohen. Um, that'll be some match when they kick off. I know, Happy yeah. New Year, everybody. Happy New Year.